Upward family, so good to see y'all today. How is everybody? I know you're awake this morning. If you made it from the car into the church, you've got to be awake. But oh, you second service people have it so nice today. It is a balmy 24 degrees right now. I'm just going to talk about the first service people. When we came, it was nine degrees this morning. So you're kind of wimpy this morning, wait until whatever time it is, 10.30. What time do we start? I don't know. They have to tell me when to come up here. So good to have you today. We're in a series called Bold Moves. Bold Moves. And God is calling us to be bold in 2024. When big things get done, when world-changing things happen, somebody had to make some bold moves. Somebody had to take some bold steps. Somebody had to make some bold decisions. For big things to happen, somebody's got to step out and take some chances and some risk. Somebody's got to be bold enough to see things that others don't see. Somebody's got to be bold enough to reach people that others aren't reaching. Sometimes we've just got to be bold enough to try something that we've never tried before. God is calling us at Upward Christian Fellowship into a season of bold moves because he has great things for us and great things for our future, and we're just going to be bold. Now, I wasn't born with a nature to be bold. Anybody just uh, anybody with me this morning that you think, I know I need to step up in the boldness category a little bit, but it's just not my nature to be bold. Can I see your hands this morning? Uh, yeah, all right. Some of you just won't raise your hand. It's so not your nature to be bold. Raise it up high. Be bold for one time. Let's just be bold and say, I need more boldness in my life. I was at a conference, oh, maybe 10 years ago with this pretty well-known pastor and speaker, and we were in this big complex. It's this big, beautiful Episcopal Conference Retreat Center, and we were sitting there, and they had this beautiful decorative bell the kind of bell that's hung there not to be rung, but just to say, wow, look at that cool old bell. You know what I'm talking about? It's hanging there beautiful, but you know you're not supposed to ring it. So we're sitting there around a table, and he looks over at me. He said, Andy, it's dinner time. Ring that bell, and everybody will come. <laughs> and there are people milling about everywhere in this whole courtyard, and I know you're not supposed to ring that bell. That bell is not meant to be rung, and it's certainly not his personal dinner bell. But he was a real godly man, a man of God, and he was leading the whole conference. And I thought, it must be in the Bible somewhere that i got to go ring that bell. <laughs> so he said, ring that bell and bring him in for dinner. So I got up, and I rang it as softly as it could possibly be rung. I was just like, barely moved it, and it went ding, and nobody could even hear it. Mission accomplished. He got ticked at me. He said, that's the lousiest bell ring I've ever heard in my life, and he got up, and he grabbed the chain, and clang, 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 really loud. There should be a point to that somewhere. <laughs> the point is... He rang that bell boldly, and I was a bit timid. You know, I'm tired of being timid. We live in a world that needs bold Christians. 
I'm tired of really, really tired of caring what people think about me. The older you get, the stronger that don't care muscle gets. Anybody with me? And aren't you glad you get a little older and you're like, yeah, been here long, I've seen it. I just don't care what they think anymore. I'm going to be who I'm supposed to be. So I'm losing a bit of my filter, so be careful. But I think there's a time, and I think the time is now, for us to stop caring about what they think about us and start put, stop putting our reputation as a priority above the mission God has given us to do. The Bible said of Jesus, he was in the form of God, but he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. And it said this of Jesus, he made himself of no reputation and took the form of a bondservant. It's time we stop worrying about our reputation and start thinking about why God put us here on this earth. I don't want to live 70, 80, 90 years down here, which is just a short time, and go to heaven and be with Jesus and know that I left a whole lot on the table, that I left a whole lot that I could have done had I just been bold to stand up and do what God had called me to do. We're looking today at, in Joshua chapter 10 at some bold prayers. And I truly believe that God is calling us as Upward Christian Fellowship into a season of bold prayers. Were you taught to pray as a child? Anybody taught to pray as a child? How many knew this prayer? Now I lay, if you know it, say it with me. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Now just hold it right there. That prayer is so sweet up to that point. <laughs> it is comforting. As a three-year-old, I love that prayer. Then comes this line, if I should die, y'all lost me. If I should die before I wake, I want to say, hey, I'm just a kid here trying to go to sleep. <laughs> I don't know that I want to be reminded nightly that the possibility exists I might die in my sleep. I remember as a kid thinking, that's kind of scary. I mean, I understand if I should die, I certainly want the Lord to take and keep my soul, and he certainly will, but I don't know about that one. You know something, friends, it's time for our prayers to grow up. I can pray some pretty wimpy prayers. If you'd at least shake your head, I'd feel better about myself. <laughs> I confess these things, and you guys just stare at me like, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. My prayer life can be rather wimpy. I ask God for little stuff. God owns everything in the world, and I'm asking him for a pack of chewing gum. When all the time he has said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. There's a scripture that always makes me think. And it says, you have not 
because you ask not. I've learned this about the Lord. There is no automatic blessing list from heaven that you sign up for and God just drops everything in your life that he wants you to have. There's a line of thinking out there that says, if God wants me to have it, I'll have it. Absolutely untrue. That just makes you a passive spectator who just sits back and says, God, whatever you want in my life, just lay it on me. The problem with that is it's unbiblical. God says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you'll find, knock and it'll be open to you. I had a guy tell me one time, if God wants to give me any spiritual gifts, he'll just give them to me and boom, they'll be there. Fortunately for his line of thinking, the Apostle Paul said, earnestly pursue the gifts so that you may be filled with the Spirit, so that you may be a fruitful Christian. Ask God and you shall receive. I would like to banish wimpy prayers from my life. I would like to banish wimpy prayers from Upward Christian Fellowship. And I want us to be bold in our prayer lives to ask God for the things that are on his heart for this earth. I believe God wants to do big things on this earth. Come on, church. I know there's a theology some people have out there that the church is supposed to be wimpy right now. Their eschatology and their view of the end times is the church is going to basically disappear and Jesus is going to come back and catch up two or three people. I believe the church of Jesus Christ came in the book of Acts in power and I believe when Jesus comes back, his church is going to be in power. His church is going to be in glory. His church is going to be walking in the supernatural. I tell people all the time, they say, your theology is wrong. I said, well, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And if you want to shrink down and be wimpy church and just hold on to the end, you can do that. But I'm going to proclaim the victory of Jesus till Jesus comes to get me. And I'm going to walk in the authority of the kingdom till he comes to get me. Can I get an amen? I'm not going to live in wimpy prayer life. I'm going to pray bold. Today we're going to talk about one of the boldest prayers ever prayed in the scripture in Joshua chapter 10. Let me give you a little background on Joshua. He was the guy called to lead the children of Israel into their promised land. Moses led them out of slavery and in Egypt, God raised up Joshua to lead them into the promised land. And it was quite a job leading these people. If you think they were easy to lead, read the Old Testament. They were tough. They were stubborn. They didn't believe. So he's leading them into the land that God had given them, that God had promised them. You know, God gave them some land. I said, God gave them some land and it still belongs to them. Can I get an amen? Like it or love it, it's still there. God gave it to them. It's their inheritance. They were coming in to finally take that promised land that they'd been waiting on for hundreds of years. And they got in there and they began to win victories in the land. But there came a group of people of them called the Gibeonites. And the Gibeonites deceived them into making a peace treaty with them. It's the one thing the Bible said Joshua didn't pray about. Oh, as I look back over my decisions in life, it's the things I didn't pray about that bit me. So Joshua makes a peace treaty with these people called the Gibeonites. And pretty soon they find out they've been deceived by these people. But they've made a treaty. And as God's people, they understand that when you give your word, you keep their, your word. 
because we serve a God who makes covenant and he's always faithful to his covenant and when we make covenants with others we walk in the power the integrity and the commitment of our covenants when you agree to something fulfill your word when you sign a contract fulfill it as a Christian you're called to integrity so Joshua's made a treaty with these people and surprise, surprise, it's not long before they get in trouble. Joshua chapter 10, we'll start reading in verse 5. It said this, these five Amorite kings combined their armies, hear that, five armies coming together, combined their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into place and attacked Gibeon. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once, save us, help us. For all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. I want you to hear what happened right there. Joshua kept his word and he walked in integrity. He told these people, we have a treaty with you, and if you come under attack, we're going to come and help you. And as soon as they sent a message to Joshua, what did he do? He was true to his word. He's saying, let's get up, let's get the army together. We've made a deal, and we're going to keep it. But it was a long way. They had to travel 20 miles at night just to get there, but they had a word from God. Verse 8, the Lord said, don't be afraid of them. The Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. What a great promise from God. How would you like to go into a battle knowing that you had the victory? How would you like to walk into a battle with a word like this? Don't be afraid for I have given you the victory over this. That's God's word for you, whatever you're facing today. If you're walking in God's battle, God will fight for you. When you fight in the Lord's battle to do his will, he fights ahead of you. God gave him this word. And it said in verse 9, Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. So they travel all night long. Imagine this, they marched all night long, 20 miles through the night, and then they had a battle to fight when they got there in the morning. How many night people are here? You work best at night. Would you raise your hands up high? I just want to see you because I don't understand you people at all. I really don't. I do my best work in the morning. I'm fired up in the morning, and I basically fall asleep all day long. And by 9.30 at night, don't call me, don't leave me. I will be of no use to anybody. At 9.30, I disappear almost. These guys amaze me. They walked all night, 20 miles, and they show up at the scene of the battle in the morning. What's amazing to me even more than this is when they get there, they found out God had been fighting for them all along. Can I tell you something today? You're walking towards a battle, and God's already there. He's already gone ahead of you. He's fighting battles for you that you don't even know about right now. Just let Jesus live in you, and you live in Jesus, and you do what he tells you to do, and you stop doing what he tells you not to do by his power, and you just walk in a simple obedience to him, 
and he goes in front of you making a way for you. Here's what happened. They got there, verse 10, the Lord had thrown them into a panic. That's the enemies. And the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then they chased the enemy along the road, and it said they were killing them all along the way to Azekah and Makeda. And it says, as the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Horon, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven. Imagine if you're these enemies. These are no wimpy guys. They're the five armies of five different kings united together in strength and power to destroy these people. But what they didn't know is these people had made a covenant with God's people. When you're in covenant relationship with people who are in a covenant relationship with God, when you start to fight those people, you're going to find out you're fighting against God now because God keeps his covenants. So they come to fight this army, these supposedly weak people, but they didn't know. See, the reason they did this whole thing is because the Gibeonites made peace with Israel and they knew they would unite with them and they wanted to wipe them out to consolidate their power. But what they didn't realize, that they had come into covenant through God's people with God himself. So now they're fighting God. God put the enemies into a panic so that they couldn't fight. He put fear on them so that they ran away. And as they ran away, it started hailing. You ever been in a hailstorm? Have you ever seen hail fall till it looked like snow on the ground? Hail is so destructive. And when it starts hailing, you want to get your car inside and you want to get yourself inside and anything else. Can you imagine if you were in these enemy armies fighting against these people and all of a sudden you see five armies panic at one time and start to run away, then it starts hailing? I would have thought, man, this was not a good idea. Because God himself is fighting against us. It says this about it in verse 11. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. In other words, God himself was doing more than they could do. I need that. We had uh, about three weeks ago on a Thursday, I just felt led to call people up to pray for healing and we've done it ever since we haven't missed a service doing that and I didn't know what I, I I really didn't plan it so I didn't know I was calling people and we were winging it big time so we were praying for people and doing all kind of things and just praying and we got done with the service and I went home and I felt like I didn't do that right have you ever done that you did something and thought I wish I'd done this differently that's like every Sunday for me you do not want to be in the car with me after church. Ask my poor wife. I'm like, I should have said this differently. I should have, she's, eventually she's like, will you stop? That Thursday I went home and I was really struggling. And you know what the Lord spoke to me? You know when God says things and they sound a little bit rude? I'm going to sum up, basically God said to me, I don't need you. I'm like, I need some comfort here, Lord. <laughs> the Lord said this to my heart. I'm the one healing people. 
I'm the one saving people. And I don't do it because you've got everything figured out. I'm like, okay. God doesn't need our strategy. God doesn't need our wisdom. God doesn't need our power. God's going to do what he's going to do as God's people unite around his cause and say, God, just work through my life in any way I can. I'm just going to be faithful. And surprisingly enough, that week, God healed people all over the place with us not knowing what we're doing because he's the healer. We're not. God does more than you can do. So God's driving these enemies away. Now, that whole thing's the introduction there, and I got nine minutes left. So I'm going to preach so good for the next nine minutes. This is really going to be good. That whole thing sets the stage for the boldest prayer I think you'll ever find in the Scripture. The enemies are retreating. They're trying to get back to a fortified city so they can escape. And if they make it back to that city, they will come out and do battle another day. And Joshua said in his heart, it's time to end this today. Folks, I believe I'm just going to preach today. Hey, Joshua made time stand still. Maybe God will do that for us right here and just expand it, right? Joshua just said, this needs to end today. I just want you to know something. Teen suicide needs to stop in our community. It needs to stop. Suicide in general needs to stop. I'm a chaplain with the sheriff's department, so we, we go to families that have experienced this, and I can't tell you the horror of this. That needs to stop. Drug addiction needs to stop in our community. I'm praying for God to put a wall up to protect our children from being preyed upon. Trafficking needs to end in western North Carolina and around the world. There's some problems going on that I think the church needs to rise up and say, this needs to stop now. Joshua said this, this battle needs to end today. So he prayed this bold prayer. This is crazy bold. I mean, this prayer is crazy bold. You ready? said, on the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel, and he said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ahalon. That's crazy. Joshua is praying a God-sized prayer. My prayers can be wimpy. Joshua's praying God prayers now. Have you ever prayed any God prayers? Have you ever prayed any prayer that you have absolutely no hope of accomplishing by yourself? Have you ever prayed and asked God to do something that only he can do? I mean, God strengthen the army, that's one thing. God help us win this battle faster, that's another thing. Sun, stand still and stay there and don't move till this is done. That's a God prayer. That affects the whole world. That affects the solar system. That affects the Milky Way. That has an effect in the universe. The 
you know, there's legend in mythology, and there's legend in Chinese uh, mythology and the Egyptians. There's talk of astronomers even discovering that there actually was a long day. There's 24 hours not accounted for. There's talk of that. I haven't verified that scientifically, but it's, you can find that everywhere. Joshua says, Lord, help the sun st- make the sun stay right where it is until this battle is won. That's a God-sized prayer. May God give us some God-sized prayers for our community. I don't want stuff. Stuff is stuff. Stuff is just stuff. I'm not asking God, give me more stuff. Because I don't have room for the stuff I got. If I get more stuff, I'm going to have to rent space to store the stuff and go look at it once a year. I don't need more stuff. Yeah, I got a roof over my head and I've got food and I've got a car to drive and I'm making it. I don't want any more stuff. I want to see my community transformed for Jesus Christ. I want to see revival come to Western North Carolina. I want to see our community changed. I don't want to build a church. I'm not here to build some mega something. We're growing all the time. God's doing great things all the time. Folks, we're seeing God do so many things. We're seeing people get healed. lady came to us Thursday night and said her cancer, we've been praying over cancer that it invaded her body, and the, the growth she had was 23 centimeters, and it's shrunk down to 3 centimeters. Just tell you. I told her and I'll tell you, 23 to 3, that's a long ways. I believe the God that took her from 23 to 3 can take her from 3 to 0. Anybody believing with me? Cancer be gone in Jesus' name. Amen. All that agreement right there, that 3 centimeters better run for cover right now. Amen. God's saving people. Last week, we had the largest attendance we've ever had in a weekend outside of Easter. Can I tell you a stat that's just blowing me away? Last weekend, we had more kids in children's ministry than we had in this whole church when we built this building. We're in an atmosphere where we're seeing God break out in power. But can I tell you a word God gave me this morning? I spoke it over first service in the blessing. It's not a time to sit back and get comfortable and say that's enough. It's not time to be passive. It's time to press in for everything God wants. And what God wants is not just a bunch of people showing up here on Sunday morning. That's fun and I love it. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to add a service. We're going to do whatever we have to do to make it happen. We're going to plan a campus. We're going to do all kinds of things, and you're going to see it happen. But it's not just about gathering on Sunday. God wants to sweep through Henderson County and change Henderson County by his power. And if he's going to do it, we're going to have to pray some God prayers. Amen. If Henderson County is going to be changed, we're going to have to pray some God prayers. I want to see God empty out the Henderson County Jail because everybody in there got saved. 
Can I get an amen? Now, several detention officers come to Upward, and they've already asked me, what am I going to do for a job when that happens? I said, you're going to be crowd control because all the churches in Henderson County are going to be filled, and we're going to need help from the sheriff's department to guide people. I love our Sheriff Griffin. He is on March the 12th. This is not an ad for them. Well, it is, and it's good. March the 12th, he's doing the first annual Sheriff's Prayer Breakfast in Henderson County. Our sheriff is acknowledging before Henderson County that it's prayer that's going to change our community. Amen? If you are a prayer and would like to come to the first annual sheriff's prayer breakfast i invite you to come there sign up and be there as i was praying god gave me this picture that over henderson county they were here recently the sheriff has appointed five uh, four community captains four or five community captains and they're captains over regions of henderson county and they oversee it and work and serve there. God laid something on my heart, and I'm going to throw out this vision today and see who's on board. What if we had prayer captains over every section of Henderson County that covered Henderson County in prayer every day? What if the prayer captains raised up school captains so that every school in Henderson County had a personal prayer warrior that held them up before Jesus every day? What if somebody got up every morning and said, God, be at East Henderson today and touch those kids today. May they feel the power of your Holy Spirit as they're walking down the hallways today. If any of them are thinking about taking their lives, Jesus, may you save them from it today. Amen. What if we had a captain over every school to pray? What if we could start a prayer movement in Henderson County? Because I want you to know our strategies, our plans, our programs will not break spiritual strongholds. What will break spiritual strongholds is bold prayer. I've been doing something lately. i got to close. I'm over time. Y'all didn't get the rest of this, but this was good. Sheriff's Department even has an app. You know what you can do on this app? You can see everybody that's in jail. I'm not going to start calling names this morning. <laughs> but it's got their picture of everybody that's in jail. You know what God's had me doing? I've been opening it up every day at night. And when I see that name and that face... I'm saying, Jesus, touch that person. Jesus, be with that person. Jesus, change the heart of that person. Jesus, bring that person to you. What if we had a captain that just prayed over the jail and asked God that everybody that left there would left changed by the power of Jesus? Bold prayers. It was a bold prayer. It was a God prayer. What's the God prayer that God's given you? What's the thing that God's calling you to contend for? Now, if you, I need to tell you what to do, don't I? If you want to be a part of this prayer movement, I want you to call the office and talk to Kayla and give her your name. 
Don't tell me about it after church. I'll forget it a thousand times. Call the office, ask for Kayla, or leave her a message and say, I want to be a part of strategic prayer over Henderson County. And we're going to see God change our community by the power of prayer, by the power of Jesus. It was a God-sized prayer. It was a specific prayer. And it was a public prayer. I love this about Joshua. He didn't go hide off somewhere and pray this prayer. It said, he prayed for the sun to stand still in front of the nation. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if I was going to pray something crazy big like this, I'd have gone back in my tent. But, oh, God, please let the sun stand still. I hope it works. Joshua knew he was on the Lord's side and he was fighting the Lord's battle. He was willing to publicly stand up and say, I believe. I believe God can stop the sun. And guess what happened? Guess what happened? The sun, verse 13, stood still and the moon stayed in place until Israel had defeated its enemies. Verse 14 said, there's never been a day like this one or before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Writer of Joshua just said, there's never been a day like this in history when God answered such an incredible prayer in front of the whole nation. There's a great old preacher named uh, Donald Gray Barnhouse. He's a preacher of old and wonderful Bible commentator. Read some really good stuff. Romans, he's written some great stuff. He went to Princeton and they invited him back to the chapel to preach. And he went to preach in chapel and his old Hebrew professor was sitting on the front row. I don't get nervous when I preach, but if my old professors show up, I get nervous. He sees his professor, he's nervous, he preaches his heart out, you know. And after the service is over, he went up to his prof and said, uh, so good to see you here. He said, I always come back and hear my students preach one time. He said, I only come once. I won't be coming back. I come once. And he said, I want to tell you why I come here. My young preachers preach. I got to find out if they're a big godder or a little godder. He said, what do you mean, sir? He said, some of the kids I send out here to preach are little godders. They don't believe in miracles. They know God, but they're fighting him half the time. Every time they preach about the miracles of God, they have to explain them away. He said they're little godders. He said they really don't even believe the Bible's God's word. They don't believe in the authority and God's power to preserve the scriptures. They're little godders. He said, son, I heard you preach today. He said, I'm glad to know you're a big godder. You still believe God's able to move in the world. You still believe in a big God. He said, you're going to do well in ministry, and he did. Upward. Can we be big godders? Can we pray bold prayers? You ain't seen nothing yet. God's going to build the church. All that's secondary to what he's going to do out there. God's going to transform the community by his kingdom. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you so much today. Thank you for being here in this place today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your power that's manifest in this place today. I praise you for it, Jesus.
Lord, I just thank you for your word that's so true and so powerful and so real. And Jesus, I ask you today, drive that word home. Make it real in every heart and life. Do your work that only you can do in your mighty name. With heads bowed and eyes closed right now, I want to ask you this very important question. Do you know Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord? Not asking about your religion. Not asking about being a part of a church or a member. I'm not asking about what your grandpa believed or your grandma or your parents. I'm asking, do you know Jesus personally? Not going to embarrass anybody, but with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you say today, Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus. Can I see your hand right now? Would you raise it up high? Raise it up high. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Amen, amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. 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 How many would say this, Pastor? I want to pray God's bold prayer for 2024. I want God to give me a bold prayer to pray for Him and to believe Him for this year. Can I see your hands right now? Some of you right now, it's your kids. Kids struggling. You need that child to come to Jesus and be radically transformed and converted. How many will believe with me right now? Jesus, I'm asking a bold prayer. I want to see my child saved in 2024, radically converted by the power of God. Awesome, awesome. Yes, yes, yes. I want to pray right now for those saying yes to Christ. Pray with me right now, and the church will help us. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for me, for paying the price for my sin. I ask you today, to forgive me, to wash me, to make me a new person. I receive you into my heart as my Savior and as my Lord. And I walk forward with my hand in yours, leaning on you and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand to your feet right now? Let's celebrate that together. I want you to hear me. If you have a child that needs to come to know Jesus. Can I tell you what we did one Sunday here many years ago? God inspired us to pray a prayer just like we're about to pray. There's a lady sitting right over here. She had five children. And she was praying for all her children to be saved. We prayed at this altar. And she had a, a son and a daughter-in-law that lived down the mountain in Marion. While we were praying for them to get saved, they told a story on the other end. They said, that Sunday we're home. All of a sudden, something just came into the room. And they fell to their knees in their living room and received Jesus with nobody around. And we're here the next Sunday. Amen. Amen. So I'm going over time today, but it's okay. If you have a child that doesn't know Jesus and you've kind of got in your spirit, enough's enough. This needs to end. I want you to come up here right now. We're going to pray together, and we're going to pray the prayer of agreement right now. Would you just come on, if you will? Enough's enough. It's time for this to end. I want my child to come to Jesus. Bold prayer. I want my child to come to Jesus. It's enough. Come on, press on in. Come on. Come on. Come on. Enough's enough. Enough's enough. Enough's enough. Enough's enough.
join hands with each other right now? I think it's just good or stand around somebody right now. I think it's good for us to know that we're not alone. That's why I want hands together. We're in this thing together right now. Enough's enough. Devil's had them long enough. We've put truth in them, put the word in them. The Bible said when you train up a child and the way he goes, when he's old, he won't depart from it. And that way won't depart from him or her. I want to pray right now. Jesus, we come before you right now for every child that's struggling. Every child, Lord, that's not walking with you right now. The way we know they're called to walk. And Jesus, we just say in our hearts and in our spirits, enough's enough. This battle needs to end. And God, we stand in our spiritual authority that you've given us in Jesus' name. You said I give you all authority. I give you authority on earth to trample over serpents. And nothing will hurt you. And God, we stand in our spiritual authority today. And we speak to strongholds that are over our children, that are holding them back, that are keeping them in deception. And today, in the name of Jesus, we speak to those strongholds, those mountains. Lord, you said if any man has faith to speak to that mountain, it'll be removed and be cast into the sea. Even we have faith like a mustard seed. And God, we have great faith today, God. And we speak to those mountains and we command them to open in the mighty name of the creator of the universe, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for our sins, Jesus Christ. These mountains have to go and break through for our children has to come in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Now, here's what I want you to do. It's happening. I want you to shout right now like it's done. There you go. Celebrate right now like you just got the phone call. Because you're going to get the phone call or the email or whatever it is. You're going to hear, Mama, Daddy, the Lord's come. The Lord's come. And I've found him. Amen. 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 Hug somebody's neck right now. You're up here with like-minded people now. Let me bless you right now. And I really sense this really strongly from the Lord today. Upward, it's it would be so easy to get comfortable in this place of blessing that we're in. But God says there's more. There's more for you as a body. This that we're experiencing right now is just a, a shower before the rain falls. Just a warm-up to what God is doing. Don't get comfortable and complacent. It's not a time to be passive. It's a time to press in. Press in with those bold prayers. Press in with that bold faith. And you watch what the Lord's going to do ahead of you. I bless you with that in Jesus' name. I commission you, go out of this place in the power of the Holy Spirit. Make Jesus known everywhere, we, everywhere you go this week. Amen. Make him known in power, in heart. Amen. Be blessed. Love y'all.